This episode of the Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast is brought to you by TFC Productions. Two Fit Crazy Productions, TFC Productions, that's our production company helping people with their podcasts. Increase your brand, grow your business by creating your very own podcast, and we are here to help you every step of the way. You do not have to do all the work. We do a lot of it for you. This podcast is also brought to you by ContiFit.com. Get the best online training, the best in arthritis, in let's face it together, facial fitness and rehabilitation, all sorts of functional fitness training at your fingertips. That's ContiFit.com. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, virtual health coaching sessions and corporate wellness programs, all the information at high5healthandfitness.com. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. We are where it's at. We are where it's at. We are. I and, mean, it's uh, just saying, just saying. Well, it's, it's a... Um, it's a truth. Worldwide fact. Hashtag truth. <laughs> So today, thank you for your Spanish. You've been speaking a little Spanish lately. It's been interesting. So I'll leave it at that. Um, We have an awesome guest, Matt Levy, who is a little north of London. Yes. He may have a little accent for some of us that are in the United States. Um, Fellow broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also- Fellow fitness pro. Fitness pro gives us a little uh, down low about what it's like in, um, you know, in London right now. And um, a little perspective. I love talking to people that don't live in the United States to hear their perspective of the chaos of our country. I, I, I think the beautiful thing about Matt was that he went right- Oh, he didn't discuss our chaos very much at all. I went into London and England's right. and Britain's, you know, Brexit yeah. chaos and COVID chaos and it's fascinating vaccination things happening. And, you know, so it's... Uh, We're but, not the only people in the world, people. Oh, no, no. We Sometimes gotta, we forget that. You got to travel, as Christine says during the show, and, you know, to learn about other things. And when you can't travel... Because of restrictions or anything, you come on our podcast and you listen. Yeah. And you get the news from people around the world. Yeah. In this case, North London. North oh, of London. Yeah. He's fun and his accent's just fantastic. <laughs> I could listen to him read like a child's book for like, I don't know, 48 hours straight. And, like, oh. And a lot of what Matt mm-hmm. was speaking about is is things that, you know, we relate to greatly and things that you've most certainly heard, uh, you know, us repeat on the show before. Uh, y- 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 things like, you know, bigger's not better, right? Where it doesn't have to be, you know, the the whatever workout is on the cover of the men's All health right, magazine. Ready? This is what's going to be great, and you're going to love this. Brian and I love this. And he, you know, he says something very simple, like, what's your why, right? Like, go back to your why. And we talk about this all the time. Everyone is always like, what's your why? What's your why? Why are you doing this? Why is it blah, blah, blah. But he's really gives you great anecdotes of like, Hey, here's Bob from accounting. <laughs> he just read a great article in Men's Health, and now he's just going to lift chest every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you're like, what the hell are you doing, Bob? Like, right. you're, you're, you have no cardio. You've got no lower leg strength. You're, and you know, all you've you got eat is gut, chicken. Yeah, and or Twinkies. <laughs> like, whatever, man. I, I get it. You're trying to do some macro crazy <laughs> stuff, but... 
it's just so when you hear it in that way, I think that it really relates because <laughs> he says, Karen from sales. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. I think that's so funny. You've got, you know, think about what you're doing, people. Like, is the, is working out or your daily, you know, agenda, is that, you know, accomplishing your why? And your why could be a success in business. Your why could be improving relationships. Your why could be improving your health and fitness. If that is not correlating or, a, you know, a direct effect of what you're doing, then what the hell are you doing? It's cheesy. It's cliche. It's very effective <laughs> um, because once you know the reason why you, you're doing things or, the, or, or what your goal is or what your, you know, your why is, then every decision you make, there's a definite answer to it if you just see it in that light. You know, your choices are very easy to make at that point because it's either going to help me or it's going to not, you know, or it's going to harm me or it's going to be, you know, going the opposite direction of the way that I really want to go. You know, so that's why, you know, is eating well hard? To some it is, but not if you understand why you're eating well, right? Or exercising in a certain manner. It's not necessarily difficult when you really, or you know, getting out of getting out of the bed or rolling off the couch. You know, if you understand why, it, you know, you're you're doing that, it's it becomes an easy decision. Well, not- we, he talks about commitment and sacrifice too, and I know that's something that we, you know, Brian and I, yes, we we think that health and wellness and fitness and movement is important. We make it a part of our life every day, in some aspect, and the. You know, the thing is, is people look at us sometimes, they look at people in fitness and say, yeah, but that's so easy to you. That's so, you know what is not easy, damn it, when I get up and I do my little run every day, that's like my 30 minutes or whatever it is for me, okay? Not every day do I want to do that. Some days I'm like, this sucks, I hate that, I don't know why. But when I'm out there, I think to myself, Christine, you committed to this, you committed to your fitness. the best part of your day. And this is the time for you. Maybe you're working with clients or meetings or other people all day. It's about them. This time is for you. And I think that's an important thing that you're going to hear about in, in this podcast as well. Here we go. Matt Levy, everybody. Enjoy. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Too Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Hot one. Across yeah. the pond. Yeah. State of the state coming to us from um, the future, which is my favorite <laughs> whenever we're in different time zones. I'm like, what's the future like? Matt Levy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? We are just fantastic. Best day ever. Every day. <laughs> That's it. Great. <laughs> I love it. So let's get this out of the way for all of our listeners. Right. Where are you coming to us from? I'm from near London, just north of London. 
we could never tell by your accent. We thought you were coming to us from, you know, Australia or Spain. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And um, I absolutely love um, listening to people from all over the world when, uh, you know, when you join our, our podcast and our show, because it just gives such a different perspective. You know, people always say, you know, so many people who have not traveled or are very inclusive, you know, don't realize there's other places in the world <laughs> that things happen and people do stuff, whatever that is. Um, so I definitely want to hear a little bit uh, state of the state about what's it like right now by you? In terms of what everything, yeah, or... yeah, we're in a pandemic. We're in a. They are too. Did you get your? Uh, did, yeah. Did, did you get your uh, booster shot yet? Well, it, it's, it's being rolled out at the moment uh, for the elderly and the most vulnerable. But at the moment, it's all about Brexit. I think it's very strange how we had the the first wave of the pandemic, of course, and then we had a bit of a lull. Then things went crazy. We had the second wave, and then the vaccine was announced. And from that perspective. Things have, on the COVID front, it's kind of, okay, we know we're getting the vaccine. We've accepted it and it's going to happen. It's obviously still very difficult for so many people. The economic ramifications haven't yet been really filtered through, but they will. But now we're on the verge of a no-deal Brexit. So that's really dominating the news cycle at the moment. So there's a long way to go in 2020. And I think 2021 is going to be just as, well, let's say interesting. So <laughs> it's it's been... I think for a lot of people with what's been going on this year, they've had to adapt. We've all had to adapt and it's affected absolutely everybody, rich or poor. It doesn't matter wherever you live in Britain. It's affected everybody. And I think there's a lot of people who are obviously very happy that we've got a vaccine. But equally, what's crazy, and I think this is crazy, is the amount of people who still think that COVID doesn't exist. And the vaccine is some weird conspiracy theory. But I suppose you're always going to get a minority like that. But overall, these are these are strange times, to put it mildly, strange times. Uh, strange times indeed. And, and I, I got to say, I mean, look, living where we live, we, uh, we I would probably say that those rumors and conspiracy theories probably come from over here. <laughs> We're crazy over here right now. Obviously, you keep an eye on the news uh, just as we do with Brexit. You get the uh, you know the idea of what's going on with our presidential situation and uh, what's coming and, and what to expect. And it changes every day. And it's just freaking crazy. It's like a sitcom. It's like a bad reality television show that we are like, oh, I'm sure these people are not like this in real life. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, they are. <laughs> Well, you know what I found really, uh, really funny was this February, so I'm a big Arctic traveller, and I went to Svalbard, just near, not too far from the North Pole. And I remember flying into Oslo and then flying from Oslo to London. This is in February, early February, thinking, you know what, 2020 could be a pretty good year. We've got the general election out of the way. The economy is not doing too badly. This could be a really fantastic year. And then life is like, hold my beer and here we are and i think it's it's been surreal it, it, it's almost as you say it's like a movie it's like a, a bad reality show it's like a parallel universe it really is 
And and it's some of those things where you know you had the, the you know everything running along smoothly and then something gi- as gigantic as COVID coming through and whacking things off the rails is is almost what leads to the conspiracy theorists you know saying oh wait things are going too well uh, you know they're doing this on purpose and you know it's kind of it's just you know I you know I just want to feel healthy and feel well and and do my thing and 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 just you know keep my family safe. Do you know the one thing I don't understand about the conspiracy theorists is this 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 thing about Bill Gates. What is this Bill Gates? Bill Gates sells Xboxes and Windows. <laughs> what is this thing about Bill Gates they're going on about? I don't understand it. Somebody, I think it's something about the vaccine putting in uh, some kind of tracking thing or something. What is this about Bill Gates they're going on about? Uh, I don't he, understand. he wears the same thing every day and that's for villains do that. So he must be bad. Oh. And he's got a lot of money. Mr. Rogers wore the same thing every day, though, too, and he was... He changed changed his costume during the show, though, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Madness. But I think some people just need a purpose in their lives, and I think they've latched onto this, and, and, they, and they, they found something to blame. So Bill Gates, I guess, is a target, but I find it all... It's funny, and I think some conspiracy theories, they're, they're fun to read, and, and, and from a from a, uh, a humor point of view, I suppose. But the fact is that a lot of people seem to actually believe this stuff. Right. And and it's like, okay, listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Absolutely. It's a democracy. You can say and think whatever you want. But I think a lot of it is, it's like the flat earth people. It's anti-common sense. It's anti-science. But listen, if you want to believe that, then that's up to you. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> You're entitled we could open up such a big bag of worms. I love that you said it's just anti-common sense. There's not all of a sudden, and you hear this all the time, every single person in the world is all of a sudden like a, you know, a specialist in, you know, immunology. Infectious disease. Infectious disease. <laughs> and I'm like, I barely understand what they're saying. I'm like, I... I'm not seen that meme. And it says, and now over to the experts in the comments section. <laughs> it's right. Everyone... Everyone's a lawyer. Everybody knows everything. It's so funny. But you're right. It's, everyone's an expert. But yeah, they'll say something and I, yeah, I just don't get it. I can't even spell immunology, but there you are. It's ready. So now I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking on the other side of this, right? All of us fitness people, and we got to talk about, you know, what you do, you know, health-wise anyway, but all of us yeah. like in the fitness wellness, you know, we're trying to get out here and say, yay, be healthy, longevity, live longer, um, wellness, whatever that means. It's interesting because no one, you know, we've kind of realized that, all right, the Twinkie diet doesn't work, you know, or the other things don't work. It's proven by science. And you don't see a lot of people out there like, but no, I'm eating those Twinkies and you're not going to tell me what to do. And I'm not like there's just it's such ludicrous ideas. Yeah, there, there's so much freedom <laughs> that you can eat all the Twinkies you want, uh, and and you know obesity is <sighs> is going to have to be looked at at some point. It was really well. I think there's 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 a lot to unpack there, but I think the if it fits your macros crowd, some of them, not all of them, some of them posting on Instagram, look, I'm eating cakes and I'm eating Twinkies, I'm eating ice cream because it fits on macros. That, that's only like 5% of the time. The rest of the time they're, they're eating, quote, healthily. And the one thing, I, it's funny because you, you mentioned this because I was thinking uh, just before we, we came on air that 
the I don't know if it's the same in the States, but over here, the fitness industry has this obsession with weight loss, whatever that means to a lot of people, not with health. It's all about weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, which is in itself very damaging, in my opinion, when it should really be about health. And when you've got all these diet plans and things like that, again, people have got something to sell. Because at the end of the day, whatever plan you're following, they're all the same. Just to get into a deficit, it can be intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, 5-2, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. And because there's so much information out there and because social media is so influential now, you've got people not really knowing what to do. But ultimately, in my opinion, for I would say 90% of people who aren't athletes from 95%, it's calories in, calories out. And obviously this time of year, it's very difficult, but the psychology of it all is equally very interesting and you can go as deep as you want to in that. Because for me, at the end of the day, people will make time for the things they want to do and the people they want to see. If people want to do it, they will. They will put the Twinkie down or they won't pick it up in the first place if they really want to. Because ultimately... That's what it comes down to. You don't need the sugar. So let's go. Let's go into you know. Obviously, you know people don't fall on our podcast. Let's go into what you you know what you do with fitness and wellness. Well, I've over the years I, I, I've had many roles in, in fitness. I'm a personal trainer. Teach almost every gym class under the sun. Self defense, all that kind of stuff. I've managed studios. I've been a studio manager done thousands of hours on the gym floor and that kind of thing. And the approach that I took from the beginning was because fitness did so much for me when I first entered a gym in January 2004, I've always taken a holistic approach to training because there are so many aspects to it, especially now. It's not just about the exercise at all. It's about, in my opinion, the awesome foursome of lifting, cardio, nutrition and recovery. And then you add in the mental side. And without needing to overcomplicate it, the way I've always trained with people is to take into account everything going on in their lives to help them get the health goals that they want. Because ultimately, again, in my opinion, it's not how much you deadlift. That's utterly irrelevant. It's about health. And that's, I think, how I view my role as somebody who works in fitness. I don't overstate my role or go beyond the boundaries of my role. But for me, it's all about health, physical and mental. And that, for me, is the be-all and end-all. And, and I love that. I mean, I always say if we get health, if we make health the goal, we're going to get everything else along with it, right? We're going to get the weight loss or we're going to get a healthy weight. And we're going to get the you know, the mental wellness that comes along with exercise and doing it right. Uh, you know, We're going to feel good about ourselves. And we're going to eat well usually if we're focusing on health. And you know, all those things, you know, the, the, the ingredients for good health, is going to get you everything else that we're, you know, could make it about, Uh, you know, to to get back to you on your, on your one point. Yes. Everything here is about weight loss. I mean, everything's about the diet and everything's got the ultimate plan. It's about being sexy, right? We always talk about we're like fitness is sexy. And you've got your six week challenges and you've got this and that. And, you know, winner takes the cash and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And every checkout aisle at the market's got the, you know, the magazine with the diets. And it's it's an infatuation. Um, It is. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the scale doesn't measure sexy. 
And if I could just tell you a very quick anecdote. Uh, some years ago, I had a, when I was working in a gym, I had a personal training client uh, very cross with me in front of other people. And she said, Matt, I've put on four and a half pounds. I said, okay, okay. And she looked at me waiting for an explanation. I said, okay, how's your watch fitting? She goes, it's funny you mentioned I had to ha have a couple of links taken out. Okay. How's the wedding ring? Yeah, it's a bit loose, actually. Okay. Do you remember you were telling me about that a bikini you wanted to wear for holiday, but you weren't able to a few months ago? Uh, have you tried it again recently? She went, well, yeah, actually, I have, and it, it, it fit quite well. I said, okay, okay. And you're at your fittest and strongest ever, and your healthiest ever, right? <laughs> she went, well, yeah. I said, okay, so that four and a half pounds, it's, it doesn't really matter, does it? And she went, mm, no, not really. Okay, see you later for our session, yeah? And that's how it went. Because, unfortunately, a lot of these ideas about, about weight loss, I'm not saying it's bad to lose weight if you need to do it. That's not what I'm saying. But it's so focused just on that that it creates bad ideas, bad habits. It's, it's the same thing when people say, oh, come to class, you'll burn 500 calories. Yes, of course, if you're looking to get into a deficit or, or even into a surplus or to maintain, of course it's important. But to have that as your overriding thing for training, I don't think is good. But that's just me. I could be completely No, wrong. it's us too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it should be the way that it should, you know, that it is. So yeah. it's not just you. Um, you know, it's, it's the proper way to train. I think so. I mean, the other thing that, if I, if I could uh, diverge for a second, the other thing that I found really interesting is also, you know, when you, you look on Instagram, I'm not on Instagram myself, but you know, you see these memes these, these inspirational quotes. And one of them I've always thought interesting is find your why. And I think, yeah, find your why. That's always a great way to, to rebalance your training. So you go into the gym and you see Bob from accounts training like he's going to be stopping the next zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Bob, you need to train so your back doesn't hurt after standing for two minutes. Why are you doing arm day? Why are you training like a 1980s bodybuilder? Why are you trying to do powerlifting? You're doing it because you saw it in men's health. And I'm delighted you're doing something, but you don't need to be doing that. A lot of people, the, the way they train is very, very interesting to me. It's like Monday, International Chess Day. You go into the gym, <laughs> all the guys, they are. And not enough women are doing weights because they make you bulky, of course. <laughs> and you look at that and you think, why do you need to be doing a day on arms? We're wasting a whole day on arms. You don't need to be doing it. That whole thing, the whole thing is very, very interesting because I'm a people watcher. And when I'm in the gym, it's very interesting to watch why people are doing stuff. This is such a great, great topic because this is. is, I mean, we could go into layers of this because we are, we've no. always been programmed. I, I, we're programmed to do what other people do. So we were thinking like, oh, well, what was, what was healthy and sexy, you know, in the eighties? What was the healthy sexy in the nineties? In the, and you know, what people looked like in 1920 was different than 1960. And it's fascinating because even in the fitness world, people who come up with different programs are like, this program's for everyone. This workout's for everyone. And, I've kind of gotten to that idea or what I've seen watching, you know, decades of 
of fitness and exercise is that everything is not for everybody. Let's can't be. Let's be honest. You know, I, yeah, I don't sure. want 90 year old, you know, Edna doing a hit class using, you know, throwing a BOSU over her head. I don't care what options and modifications you're given Edna. This is not. Good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my and, gosh. And, and look, that's why, that's why we as trainers are so important, right? Left to their own devices. People are going to do what they've always done. You know what's very interesting as well? It's like, I mean, you, you guys will have this as well. How many times have you been with a client and they ask you, how much do you bench? How much do you deadlift? How much do you squat? And my answer to them <laughs> is always this. A, that's completely irrelevant. And B, you've got to get away from how much can you lift because there are so many different components of fitness. So, for example, you might want to work on your, your balance, your athleticism, your cardio, your flexibility. It's not just about maximal strength or absolute strength it, it can be as simple as as training so you're not exhausted when you walk up the stairs how much you can lift once becomes a hobby it becomes completely irrelevant sure if you're looking to to be a power lifter that's completely different and if you are looking to lift heavy weights then you're looking to do multiple reps threes maybe if you're doing deadlifts for example or squats or bench okay you can do multiple lifts but the thing that people fixate on is how much can you lift once? And I find that also very interesting. I only test my one rep max once or twice a year just for fun to see where I'm at. And you don't even need to be doing these exercises anyway. It comes back to these, these myths that we're kind of touching on. For example, deadlifts are bad for your back, squats are bad for your knees when the opposite is true. Don't blame the lifts for your bad form. And you can make huge gains without bench, without deads, without squats. And you focus on other things. And that, when we, if you come back to the pandemic... I haven't trained in the gym because I work in the gym, but we've been closed. So I've been training. I've got loads of equipment at home and I've been doing Les Mills online. And I focus on other things. I'm, my fit, I'm 48, my fittest and strongest ever. I feel more agile. I'm moving better. And I won't have deadlifted for a year by the time I get back. And that's fine by me because I've worked on other things. And it's interesting how people get into their routines. It's the same as correct, so-called corrective exercise. You've got Karen in sales doing these weird things with a band to help her, her IT band or whatever it is. And it's like, well, how's that all going? You've been doing it for six months. Well, it hasn't really changed. Why are you doing it then? It's comfortable. It's easy. But people get locked into these things, these routines. So going back to what you were saying just before, Christine, about times changing. Yes, the, 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 the like strength standards and all that kind of things and beauty standards, I suppose you, you were touching, how people look different. Mm -hmm. Interesting how people hold on to these old ideas and myths, maybe for their own benefit. I think so they can stay in the comfort zone. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I love the fact that you brought up Bob from accounting and Karen from sales because it is, I mean, you know, right now, I think it's just fascinating because Bob is looking at the men's magazine like, oh, if I do this, right. I could look like a and, Navy SEAL. I could now, be a Navy SEAL. Oh, yeah. If I do the Navy SEAL workout. Right. Or Karen is like, <laughs> I can take yeah. these. Oh, these shakes worked for her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely get a six pack if I just do the, it. Yeah. And it's I mean, but we're so brainwashed by society and. You know, that's the whole thing with Instagram and everything else that you see these yes. people that may not be very healthy, you know, promoting things or they may not even have been in the industry or, you know, have the experience or degrees or whatnot telling us what to do. 
And I'm like, D- you know, it really worked for you. But then there's Karen. who's <laughs> like, mm, maybe not girlfriend. And uh, I do want to talk about what you said about, you know, what do you do? Everyone, you know, usually people hire trainers because they look to them as the, you know, the guru, the expert. You've done it. And um, people say to me all the time, and I hate this more than anything. I will get mad. They're like, I want to be, I want to be skinny like you. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, first off, I've been endurance, like an endurance athlete, like legit work my ass off. I don't want to carry an extra 25 pounds, a hundred and whatever miles. Second, when I was in college training and I played volleyball at a high level, there's an extra 40 pounds on this butt. Like, and I was benching and snatching and yeah, talk to me about CrossFit. That was my whole childhood because I was training for power as a volleyball player. So mm. I'm like, you can't compare, you know, me to you to I can't even compare myself now to who I was because it's just a different type of training and person and goal. Um, I think people get get stuck and they trip over themselves because oh, I want that. Well, that why? Like you said, what what's your why? What are you are all your problems going to go away when you lose twenty pounds? I usually tell them if they want what I, they want what I have in that regard, they have to take my brain too, and that's crazy. <laughs> like you don't want that. Like so, be careful what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem I think as well is that for a lot of people, is that people who get cosmetic surgery, they're miserable afterwards because that wasn't the issue. It's all underlying stuff. I mean. It, the other thing that you, you guys hear, I'm sure you hear it all the time when you're demonstrating exercise. Oh, you make it look so easy. And it's like, yes, because I worked at it. I've trained when I didn't really want to. I got up at four o'clock to go to the gym before work. You see, the thing is, after commitment, when you're in a really good mood and you're smashing it, what comes after commitment? Sacrifice. We've all made sac- Anybody in fitness, we've made sacrifices to get where we are in terms of training. I mean, you were saying if you're playing volleyball at that level, Christine, the, the, the sacrifices you made in your social life and everything, all those hours you spent, maybe the injuries you may have picked up to get to that level. They think because we demonstrate an exercise perfectly and we've got good form and we look like we train, they think it's easy. But what's interesting about why people get trainers is a fascinating question. I'm sure you've, you've, you've had this as well. I have had clients who've taken me on for a very simple reason they're lonely and they just want to talk Mm. and you can tell they don't really want to train they just want to talk to you they just want to chat because they haven't got anybody to speak to and that's always something i've always found interesting because a lot of people when you're in a a pt relationship pt client relationship you've got a lot of things at play here you've got people showing you their weaknesses you've got the financial side you've got power i guess you could say you're responsible for their health and fitness they'll do as you ask them to do and they're looking to us for guidance we're not perfect but i think there's part of it that they think maybe we should be even though we're flawed we're human beings as well and for some people that they're all very different you get different kinds of clients of course you get people who think if they're if their foot is a quarter of an inch out the way it's going to ruin the exercise other people just don't want to know they just want to be told what to do and that whole psychology of training is very important. You get some trainers who will not want to hear a single thing about what's going on in the client's lives outside, but they'll get you fit. And others who are just hired cheerleaders. I think, as always, there's a balance. Mm. But that side of training is so 
so important because if the mindset isn't right, then you're not going to get anywhere. If the foundation in that is wrong, nothing is going to go right. And I think that's something that's extremely important, especially now as people's mental health uh, with the pandemic has been affected so much. It's very important. I'm just thinking to myself over here that, um, you know, I I really think it's that idea of, you know, when you are training someone or you're in the fitness industry or any industry. I mean, we're really talking, you know, bigger picture here of of trust. And, you know, this is this is business this is client, you know, um, consumer relationships and, and trust building. And and um, what I'm thinking is that every single person, every client, every you know, there is no blanket, you know, oh, I can just use this on everybody. Um, aside from training, I mean, you also have to think about that in the way that you speak to people as well. I know I've had a, I don't take on a lot of clients, but I've had this one client, I will say this for like three and a half years now, I want to say four years, almost every day. And I've only just learned about him probably in the last six months because he just wants to come in and get his ass kicked and leave. Yeah. And that's it. Like- and that's and I'm cool. Like, all right, cool. I'll, that's that's the relationship. But, but that's it. It's not like that with everybody, right? Yeah. Some of it's it's like blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, you're going to talk to me, but you're going to be doing this at the same time. You know, some is like drill sergeant. Some is like, yay! I'm so proud of you and your soul. But <laughs> oh, absolutely. It, it, I had a client once. She said to me, "Now listen, I'm in London for I think it's for three months. Don't talk to me. Don't ask how I am." It's nothing to do with you. Just tell me what I'll do it. Anyway, I said, okay, I understand that. We trained. And at the end, our our very last session said to me, Matt, I've loved every session. You've really helped me. Thank you very much. And I could tell she was a lovely person, but she was like that. But you get, it's all, it's personal training for a reason. There is no cookie cutter approach psychologically to it. Everyone is different. And if you're not adaptable in that way, especially if you work in a commercial gym rather than some boutique or whatever, then unfortunately it isn't going to work because you've got to learn how to speak to different kinds of people with different kinds of issues. I mean, we've all heard the stories that they tell. We've all had clients turning up in tears because something terrible has happened to them. And you can't just say, right, okay, fine, you lost your job. Let's go do some deadlifts. <laughs> work that one. Um, and I think that that, I think now, especially in these days when expectations are so high of just about everything, it's very hard to impress people these days. I think that counts even more. And I think when a client comes in and you know off the top of their head how much they squatted last week, what the problem was last week, all those things you have to have at your fingertips. And I think, though, saying that, one of the best things you can do as a professional is to say three words. If they ask you a question, I don't know. Because the worst thing anybody can do as a trainer is say they know the answer when they don't. I've had clients saying to me, Matt, I've got this problem. I said, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to check it out for you and have a look. If I don't, still don't know, I'm going to refer you to my physio. And that honesty goes a long way to building that trust you were talking about. Apart from the fact of being unethical to guess, saying you don't know shows that you're prepared, A, to do the extra work for the client, but also to increase your knowledge as well. I think that's extremely important. Matt, that is my absolute favorite answer to give at all times. I don't know. 
And I even put in like the Spicoli fast times at Ridgemont <laughs> High sometimes. Like, I don't know, Mr. Spicoli, uh, because it, it is, it is the, it's the greatest answer. I mean, it, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> we'll find, yeah. but, but we will find out. Let's, let's work on finding out the answer is, you know, the second part of that. And that's the most important part because that's where we all grow. You know how hard that is to say? I don't know. I, as exactly. a teacher for, I taught for 16 years and I, I have to say that you have to really, you know, make sure that you are confident in yourself to be able to yeah. say, you know what? I don't know the, an- I mean, I've seriously, I don't know how many times I've said that as a teacher, like they, the kids will ask me these, you know, high level questions about Shakespeare or medieval, whatever, you know, Mrs. Conti, what exactly did they eat when I'm like, I have no idea what they <laughs> ate, sweetheart, but let's, let's look it up and figure it out. And, you know, there's gotta be that almost air of, you know, comfort. Yeah, but that's our own health, right? Yeah. Us being, you know, healthy enough to say I don't know is mm-hmm. an important part of, of, of us, you know, and, and, and what we're doing in our jobs. Yeah, I mean, there, there are very few absolutes in fitness, very few. And what can happen is, um, say, for example, if your back hurts, your lower back hurts, a physiotherapist, an orthopedic surgeon and an osteopath will give you three totally different but probably correct answers. And people want... A, they want quick fixes, but B, they want certainty. And unfortunately, in fitness, well, the great thing is there are so many options for so many and alternatives to different things, but there are very few definites. There are very few definites, especially when it comes to injuries and stuff. But I think to, to admit that you don't know, I think is a, is, is a good thing. I think it'd be negligent to try and sort of talk your way through stuff that you don't really know what you're talking about. Because if it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't make sense. So I think that's really important. And when you come back the next time you've done your research and you've got a, a reasonable answer, look, this might be, this might be the, the issue. I don't know. Let's try it out and see, especially with stuff like lower back um, issues, especially. It's okay to try stuff. If you want to experiment, say, look, I think it might be this. You know it's not going to injure the client. Let's see if this helps. But we all... I think as trainers, though, one thing I will say is when they do get referred to a physiotherapist, when they come back and say, yeah, my physio said what you said, you kind of give yourself a high five. (laughs) It's a great. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. So you know what I want to know? I want to know because you have a little show, by the way. I do. We need to talk about this. Um, how did you go about, I know Brian and I are huge advocates. We started our show because we saw the need for fitness, wellness, you know, people around the world to get some unbiased advice. And also no one has an $8 billion marketing um, budget. And I mean, maybe some people do, but, um, most people don't. And it, you know, developed from Bill that. Gates does. I'm sure he does. Yes. <laughs> Same outfit. He saves money because he doesn't have to shop. That's all his money. Um, but you know, that's kind of where we started years ago and and now, you know, we're still here and we love, um, you know, everyone else that's kind of on airwaves and platforms and getting their voice out. So what was the impetus to this? And tell our listeners. For me being on the radio? Yeah. Well, I do you know, it's funny. I, I sort of fell into it some years ago when I think it was through Facebook. I honestly can't remember. Somebody said, look, do you want to... Uh, co-host a show with me it was in a studio um, in north london and i said sure okay i'll give it a go and it seemed to go quite well and then after that i thought this is quite fun so i did some online um broadcasting from home with a few stations and built up a 
little audience. And then last year, somebody, I think it was a listener actually, messaged me when I was on Twitter. And I said, look, I, I really like what you do. I said, oh, thank you. So I thought I might do some training. So last year I did some one-to-one uh, professional training, which was tough, but really enjoyable. And then when I moved to the town where I live in now, just north of London, there was a community radio station and I sent them my demo and they liked it. And now I've got my own show on Sundays, which is just general chat and lots of music. So it's a light Sunday afternoon show. We do talk about, I do talk about a few fairly serious things and a lot of fun things as well, nice stuff and lots of requests and music and all that kind of thing. It's great fun being on the radio as you guys know, of course, doing this, this podcast, um, it's great fun and you get to hear people's stories. That's the thing that really interests me. It's people's stories. That's partly why I became a PT because I love hearing people's stories and people about people's lives and what gets them going and what they want to do. And to be in a position to, well, on the radio, hopefully to make them smile and in the gym to hopefully make them happier and healthier. Well, frankly, I don't think there's any greater feeling in the world, but that's just me. I, I, honestly, you nailed it. That's, that's what this show is all about is hearing the people's stories. And, you know, a fellow even like yourself, you know, you come on our show and, you know, you, because you're in fitness, yeah, uh, and because of your background and everything that you do. And, uh, you know, here we are. We get to talk to you about what's going on with you, you know, and, and other people, same thing. You know, they, maybe they designed a program or maybe they have, uh, you, you know, fitness. Uh, a book. Pro- uh, yeah, anything. Something crazy. And, you know, then we find out about them and it's just it's the best. Uh, we don't play music. Yeah, maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should. We do tangle some music. Our intro in and outro is music. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I love it. Uh, it. And like you said, tons of fun, right? It is. It's it's a funny thing because if you're, it's like when you're when you're doing a, taking class at the gym, uh, spin or whatever it is you're doing, and even if you're really stressed out or something's going on in your life, as soon as that that warm up starts you're in the zone and it's same with with the radio as well as soon as that fader goes up and that mic goes on no matter what how busy you are no matter what's been going on in your life boom you're in the zone and and it's great and to be able to communicate with people is fantastic but for me just listening and and hearing people hearing their opinions i love to hear diversity of opinion even the conspiracy theories it's great to hear it all and in a free exchange of ideas in a, in a democracy is is really good and, and it's fantastic to hear what people think about stuff their hopes their dreams their worries all that kind of thing and i think if you coming back to fitness when someone comes in and they confide in you because we've all got stories from clients that we could never tell when someone tells you that and they're trusting you with that they just want you to listen not offer advice then it's a huge privilege and i think if you're working in fitness whoever you are if you're one of these kids who's just done like a three-week course or whatever, you need to know how lucky and privileged you are to be in the position that you're at. People trusting you, not just with their health, uh, their physical health, but their mental health as well. I think that's massively important. And I think that's why people who work in fitness are almost like key workers. Essential. They really, I think in this pandemic especially, they've been even more important than usual. I don't mean to overstate our role in society. But I also think that the stereotype of personal trainers needs to be busted like all the other fitness myths, because we're not um, we're not gum chewing bodybuilders and bimbos. We're far from that. And I think that's very, very important. You only need to look at some of the uh, 
the amazing trainers on on social media like Lee Boyce, like uh, Brett Contreras, like Eric Cressy, like Dean Somerset, and see exactly the kind of stuff that they're saying to realize that fitness isn't just about doing bicep curls, especially on a BOSU. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So it is, isn't it? Tell us some – I know. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Okay. Put me on the spot. What? Tell us – I know Brian and I have a lot to say about this, but what are some of the things that you learned since – you know, since being on the air from listening to so many people that you were like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, has something changed about your life or about how you do things or, I don't know, view people even? Yeah. Has it changed the way that you even do your daily job of training? Our lives have pretty much changed a lot since we started podcasting. Absolutely. <laughs> I think so. Yes. I think that there, there are parallels to be drawn. For example, when you... When you start working fitness, you've got your ideas, which is fine. You've got your methodology, which is fine. And with experience, you've learned to do a 360. I've done 360 degree turns on on things like sugar, on certain fitness principles. And I think that with broadcasting as well, I think you have a, a situation where the more experience you have, the more you learn. And yes, the more you learn, the more confused you get. But you, you develop, you learn to listen more, you learn to accept other people's opinions more, perhaps. And you also learn from what people tell you. I mean, for example, they say that if you go to the gym and you hang around really, really, really strong people, that's not a bad place to start. And when you're broadcasting, I think, as well, once you get used to the, the, the using the desk and the faders and everything else and you're, you're settling in, only then do you really learn how to do the job properly, I think. But also you do, yes, it does change you as a person, definitely. I think for the better, definitely. I think you learn to become more tolerant isn't really perhaps the right word, but you're you maybe become more open, more open minded. And I think that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. It's it's all experience. You know and you know if you're if you're not learning from your experiences and helping you in in all areas of your life, then boy, what are you doing? Yes, very much so. And it's funny because being on the radio and working in fitness, in my opinion, for me anyway, are two of the greatest things in the world. I think I'm sure you guys, I can tell that you obviously love doing your, your, your fitness stuff. You love doing the podcast and it's the best thing ever. And the thing is, again, it's a privileged position to do that. And I think when you, when you play a song on the radio, you know, some, for somebody for a request and it might be for their anniversary or it might be for somebody they love or whatever, you know, you've made them smile or they maybe they've turned up the volume a little bit, or maybe they're dancing around in their, in their living room or whatever it is they're doing, or they might be nodding to something with that knowing smile because you've said something that's relatable to them. It's great. It's just fantastic to make people happy. I think is great. And that can be from a favorite song or a, a one rep max deadlift. It could be anything, but I think that's really what it comes down to. I think making people happy. I think if you make people, what now, who was, it who said this? Oh, it was, um, Mark Twain. The best way to cheer yourself up is to cheer somebody else up. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I taught, I taught his books for a long time, by the way. Oh my gosh! Sure he's, I, a, he's I, a big he's a big humor jokester. That man. I tell my kids, I say, if you can make people happy and you can fix things, you're gonna be okay. Like everything's gonna be okay. 
you know, Absolutely. in life. And, and I said, if you can make people happy by fixing them, you're really oh. going to be okay. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a <laughs> well, like you learn. Yeah, when, you, when you're teaching somebody something in the gym, you, you learn by teaching. Absolutely. Very much so. You from your clients. And the funny thing is, you see about studies, the study says this, the study says that. Well, if you think about all our years of combined fitness or any PT who's been in the industry a long time, you've trained hundreds of people, thousands of programs. You've got your own evidence, your own study that you can do. I think that's very important. And I think the other thing as well is going on from uh, cheering somebody up will cheer you up. I think if people see you enjoying yourself, like if you're teaching a class, you might have people in there think, oh, God, I hate spin, I hate TRX, I hate this, I hate that. But they see you having such a good time, they get into it as well. They might come up to you afterwards and they say, you know, what? I hate exercise, but I really enjoyed that because you were enjoying it. And I think that's the thing because people come to you whether they're coming to listen to your podcast or maybe hopefully listening to our radio show or coming to us for a PT session, part of it is they want to have their time. They've had a stressful day. They want that hour or however long it is to enjoy it. It's their time. And it's our responsibility as, as fitness and in broadcasting to help them enjoy that time. I think that's really, really important. That's exactly what, we're out to do at this point, I think. Yeah. And um, those of us, I, I say this all the time that I'm like, if you're not having fun, it's not worth it anymore. It's a drag. And it's, Too short. you know, is yes, it a yeah or a man? Uh, yeah. It's a yeah, I'm in. But you know, you want to be safe. Like I always yeah. say, like, you know, listen, you want to, you want to be just, safe. But she just like, jumped out of a plane like two weeks ago. I just want to be safe. Doesn't surprise me at all. It, I, no one's surprised. They're like, oh, okay, all right. The only surprise was that it was, that it was her first time doing mm-hmm. it, and she'd never done it before. It was frightening. I got to ask you, what kind of music are you spinning on the show? Yes, I'll be. I'll be completely honest with you, Brian. It's mostly eighties, big eighties <gasps> and nineties. Amazing. That's my. That's, that's my era. Awesome. So, like eighties, nineties, uh, you know, mostly British stuff, or, or are we getting into American stuff, like the you know early MTV things? Everything. I mean, when I get a few requests, I'll, somebody might want stuff. From, we've got stuff in the fifties and sixties, Elvis or whatever. That's great. But my choice would be yeah, all the eighties stuff. Uh, loads and loads and loads of stuff from America and here, everywhere really. But it's mainly yeah, British and American big songs that everybody likes really. But although I try to have um, a wide range of things because I think that's important because you can't please everybody all the time. But someone will like something somewhere hopefully. But I I do yeah I do play um, a fair bit of eighties because I absolutely love those huge songs and um, there's a, I play a lot of American songs absolutely awesome yeah, yeah. I'm forty five I love cool. it too that's that's my wheelhouse that's everything that uh, you know I try and teach my kids and pass along to them now that you know stuff they've never heard and it's pretty neat they get to play me their stuff now and and uh, I get a little you know I get their education from them and and uh, I get to give them mine so it's pretty fun. I only listen you know, to in- gangster rap. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I actually like, I do love um, hip hop because of the stories that the songs tell and the, the skill behind the rhythms and the, the, the really complex stuff underneath it that the, the rapper's actually doing. Obviously, I don't like, I mean, I don't like some of the, um, the sentiments that they say, of course, but the skill behind it is is absolutely amazing, I think, because like anything it 
it's like a duck. You see the, the duck, the top half, it's just serenely going along the water, but underneath the legs are paddling like crazy. So I like a wide range of music, but I think when it comes down to it, all those huge songs from the 80s and 90s, you, you just can't go wrong with it. I mean, so the modern stuff is terrific as well. I do play some of that. My default stuff has got to be back in the 80s because I'm 48, as I said. So that was my era. Those songs are so influential. And I think they're also good training songs as well. I think the power of music and training shouldn't be underestimated. For a lot of people, it really helps just get that extra rep, the extra set, make, make them stay a little bit longer and do a little bit more. Just get that tiny, that all-important extra 1% or 2% of intensity or whatever. It is awesome. Awesome. It has been amazing talking to you. I'm just looking. I've got my whole map pulled up right now of England because my husband lived in Liverpool for a year. And um, we are dying to get over there. And um, that's, yeah, I'd like to, we'd like to do Liverpool. We'd like to take our family to to London at some point. You know, it's just this whole COVID thing is really has really put a big wrench in things. And every year I apply for the London Marathon, hoping to get in one year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you'd love uh, London. I just, as I love America, I've got family in, um, in South Florida and I've I've been very lucky to travel um, throughout a lot of America. There's so much of America I want to see. And I'm a massive fan of, of the States and its people. And, but I do think that you, you would love London. It's a, Obviously, like anywhere, we've got our problems like everywhere, but it's a, still a major world city. And I think you'd really, really enjoy it. There's so much to see and do. And Liverpool, again, is also a fabulous city. It's really like a lot of places. It's changed a lot for the better. And it's also the surrounding countryside can be uh, fantastic as well. And Britain is tiny, so you can see quite a lot of it mm-hmm. in uh, period of time but it would be great if you did come to london we could do a workout as long as you don't kill me because i think the warm-up your warm-up 150 burpees i can see it from here (laughs) i do love a good burpee don't get me wrong however i don't mind them there's there's lots of reasons not to do them but i think if they're done properly like anything they've got Mm -hmm. their place and slowly but surely i i grudgingly come to enjoy them i think it's like a cold shower horrible at the beginning but once you're in it's actually all right. I just sat in on a mobility training yesterday. To I love to just do you know continuing ed all the time, and um, they were it was such a great like flowing burpee. Like hands were on the burpee, like you know her hands were on the bosu, like burpee. It was great. I'm like just this slow awesome. it down. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Slow it down instead of flopping Felt around. Felt good. Felt good. So yes, it's easy to do something really fast, isn't it? But to do it really, really slowly is uh that that's the trick i think certainly same with exercises as well and you break an exercise down into its component parts and you realize all the things that you have to do definitely but uh burpees are funny because in my career and i've been in fitness for 13 years now i've only ever had i don't really prescribe them that often but maybe in a fitness in a class or whatever two people in that time say they like them <laughs> One of them actually was from Serbia. I think it's because they used to do them in the snow and they were happy to do them indoors. <laughs> the other one was just, I don't know, one of those masochists you get who just loves smashing them out all the time. I don't know. Or but, maybe they were both liars. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but to be fair, there's loads of ways you can do them. But do you know, actually, the, the, um, somebody told me the origin of them. And I don't know if this is true or not, but... Apparently, 
there was a soldier in the American Civil War who had a back. His background was Native American, and his name was John Burpee. And he came up with the idea of this exercise to stay warm in the cold. Okay, you're right about yeah. the. I I have read about the. It it is from a guy's last name. He was Native American. I, I don't remember the Native American part, but I remember he was a soldier. That was his name. It was around the same time because I trained a woman, and her last name was Burpee. Uh-huh. And oh, you're yes, joking. and she said that she was a descendant of Burpee. the Burpee. Yes, I, I certified. Uh, she was like down in Atlanta or something. This was like years ago. And she's like, my name is whatever Burpee. She's like, uh, that was like her fun fact when we did a something around the room. And we were like, what? Yeah. So there you go. So you're you're onto something. I am. Did you make her do them? She did do them. Yes, <laughs> she did do them. We're going to Burpees. You've got to. How can you not? Mm-hmm. You I, yeah, we be- took a picture together. I'm like, oh, it's like her name was like Lynn or something. Lynn Burpee. Lynn Burpee. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's great. So Life tell us, Matt, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or, you know, email you or anything, um, because you're fascinating. And I can't wait to visit all the people around the world, Brian. We're going yeah, on we're like going a world tour. crazy tour one we're gonna day. We're going to get one of those suitcases and put the <laughs> stickers on them with all the locations we've been to. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's gonna, we're just going to knock on people's doors at some point and be like, hey. Fill up that passport. Hey, yeah. Well, you're always welcome here. Oh, don't, yeah, that's, that, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that unless you didn't mean it. You Lampoon's know. vacation. Yeah. Hey. Absolutely do. People oh, want to get man. hold of me. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. There's a picture of me there with a pair of headphones on. There's my profile picture. That's the best way. If you want to connect with me then that is the best place to find me because I'm not on any other uh, social media. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure getting the uh, 411 for uh, around the world. Matt, thanks so much. A lot of of fun. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for the opportunity. And hopefully we'll get to talk again. I love it. All right, Matt. So with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.